Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for listening today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Park. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Verses 26 through 31, Genesis chapter 1. Then looking in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And then finally, then Proverbs chapter 5, excuse me, Proverbs 5, verses 15 to 19. Drink water from your own cistern, fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the power, the grace that rests upon your word. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that your word is wisdom, its power, its insight, its understanding, its great counsel for all of life. Father, help us to grow in our understanding of the fact that your word has the best way for us to live every area of our lives. Anoint our, our time today, Lord. Let your word go forth in power, anointing, and the Holy Spirit to do a perfect work in the heart of every listener. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we come to you today with grateful hearts as we look back and see how you've worked in our lives, the, the mercy that you have shown us, Father, and the, the many kindnesses along the way, how uh, you have never failed to be faithful. You are such a faithful God. Father, help us to trust in you and lean on you more and more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And Father, again, once again, I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity you give us of being able to open your word every day to help us to grow an understanding of how to come to better know you and how to do, do things your way, how we honor you in our words, our actions, our attitude, our whole lives. 
Father, anoint the minds, ears, heart, and understanding of every single listener with a mighty, 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 mighty anointing so that we'll be abundantly receptive to your word and your will and your spirit and help us all to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, Well, once again, we're grateful that you're part of our listening family. And today as uh, you listen, we will be, our goal is to share probably one, if not a couple, articles as we do sometimes. Remember one of the goals in us sharing articles that we've written and placed on the AFA stand are these are tools, they're resources for you to get, for you to use for your own discipleship, for the discipleship of your family, but also tools to forward to friends, family, fellow church members, and saved and unsaved individuals as well. And so one of the ways to wonderfully put your, your computer to work as a kingdom tool, as a ministry tool. So again, my email once again is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And if you'd like to get a copy of one or more articles that we share today or any day, again, simply email us at that email address. Today we're looking specifically at the topic, Relationships and Sexuality, A Biblical Perspective. And you know, this is one of those topics that actually is a huge topic whether people will consciously recognize it or not. Uh, Again, specifically the topic is relationships and sexuality, a biblical perspective. And, you know, the Bible really has a lot to say about this big part of life. You know, our relationships in life are a critical part of everything we do. Of course, our greatest relationship is the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. Yet we have many other close uh, family and loving relationships. Again, there's the relationship... All obviously between parents and children, husbands and wives, uh, grandparents, grandchildren, many relationships that make up our lives. Yet our goal is to glorify God in every one of those relationships. And especially as we look at the topic of relationships and sexuality, it's important to know the Bible has a lot to say about this topic, these topics. So as we delve into the scriptures, we, of course, read a few at the beginning of the broadcast all of which deal with uh, relationships in some capacity. So we're looking now in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 as we're kind of jumping off in this passage. And I want you to keep in mind, as I mentioned, please email us if you're wanting to get copies of the articles we share. But if you have opportunity, I would encourage you to go back and read the scriptures that we've shared and meditate on them because they have insight and counsel for all of our lives in some capacity. So Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 to 4, tell us once again, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So, again, as we look at the Word of God, as I mentioned, it has a lot to say to us about the topics of relationships and sexuality. Specifically, I want to invite you now uh, to Exodus chapter 20. And, of course, here in Exodus chapter 20, we have the first full reading of the entire set of the Ten Commandments. And we're going to take time to read those. And keep in mind the Ten Commandments teaches important insights about our relationship with God, in our relationship with one another as well. Excuse me. Again, Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. 
And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Any you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your maid, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Verses 1 through 17, Exodus chapter 20. Again, as we're focusing on the topic again, relationships and sexuality, keep in mind the Ten Commandments help us to better understand a lot about just this whole air of life that we refer to as relationships. The first set of commandments deal with our relationship with God. Of course, we're to put God first. We're not to worship any other gods. We're not to take God's name in vain. And um, we're not to, again, we are to honor the Lord on the Sabbath day, and also then we're to honor our fathers and our mothers. Well, of course, as I said, the first four, well, the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God specifically. The next one has to do with relationships with parents. Honor your father and your mother. And then it goes on to speak of relationships with other individuals. We're not to murder other people. We're not to be involved sexually with someone outside of marriage. And keep in mind, an important point there is that the sexual relationship is to be found only within marriage between a husband and a wife, nowhere else. And how critical it is that we in our culture understand this basic truth, because again, sadly, you have too many people involved with sex and sexuality in so many ways that dishonor God, that go against the Word of God. Again, as I mentioned, the sexual relationship is to be found only between husband and wife in marriage, yet you have boyfriends and girlfriends and casual friends involved with sexual relationships, and sometimes people that basically don't really know each other. Well, again, these violate the counsel of God's Word. The next one says, you shall not steal. We're not to take other people's possessions. Uh, the next one, you shall not bear false witness. We're to tell the truth. Our words should mean something. Our words should be able to be trusted by those that hear them. And then finally, we're not to have incorrect and wrong desires for things that belong to other people and that do not belong to us. And again, all of these help us to honor God in our relationship with him and our relationships with one another. And as I mentioned too, Scripture has so much to say about this area of life too. And so we're encouraging you, I would encourage you to make it a goal to pray 
the Ten Commandments every day because, again, it's a good tool to help us honor the Lord in the way we, we carry ourselves each and every day. Father, thank you, Lord, for we who make up the we who are part of the body of Christ. Thank you for all of our listeners. Thank you for the chance for us to know your word and to walk in it. Help us, Lord, this day to put you first. Help us, Lord, to make no graven images. Help us, Lord, to not take your name in vain. Help us, Lord, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Help us, Lord, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Help us to not murder. Help us to not commit adultery. Help us to not steal. Help us to tell the truth. Help us to not covet. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, you know, as we look at this topic, Old and New Testament, it's really a huge topic. It's a it's an area that's a very important part of all of our lives. And keep in mind, we think of some of the towering figures in Scripture. This was an area where many of them had tremendous challenges. We think of King David and Solomon and Samson, all of whom were great leaders in the Word of God, yet some of David's biggest mistakes and his biggest failings were in the air of relationships and sexuality. David committed adultery and ended up committing murder as well. Solomon, his son, again, uh, was king, and he had a 1,000 wives. Well, part of what that means is he had 999 too many. The fact is, according to Scripture, God's his, his goal, his perfect goal, of course, for man was that there would be one man and one wife, not multiple sp- wives or multiple spouses. That was not God's original intent. And then there was Samson, a great leader with great, great potential, but fell especially in the area of sexual temptation and ended up uh, for a time losing his anointing and his strength and ultimately lost his life. But again, his failings were very serious in the areas of relationships and sexuality. Father, thank you, Lord, for the important life lessons we can learn from these and other persons in Scripture whose lives we can look at and, and see and draw important insights from. Help us, Lord, to grow an understanding of the need for us to be faithful hearers and doers of your word and help us more and more to honor you in our relationships as well as the rest of the areas of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking at the topic Relationships and Sexuality, a Biblical Perspective. We'll be right back. As the daylight breaks, you're lighting up my way. My soul awakes to give you all the praise. Oh, I will trust in you. I will keep praising you through the night. I put my hope in you. You are the one who gives me life.
music of Planet Shakers with Only Way, a reminder that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and eternal life. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We're looking today at the topic, Relationships and Sexuality, a Biblical Perspective. And again, as we mentioned earlier, the Bible has a lot to say to teach us, a lot of counsel and insight and wisdom to give us about the topics of relationships and sexuality. And keep in mind, this is important for us as men and women And parents, it's important that we really are wise about taking the Word of God for the wonderful textbook for life that it is and use it, too, in this area, teaching our children about relationships and sexuality as well. I want to share just a few passages that touch on this topic. Again, parents, I would encourage you to make it your goal to have your children to read a number of these verses. And you take time to talk about them because, again, this is a huge topic in all of life for all human beings. And it's critically important for us as parents to be wise enough to teach our children from a biblical perspective about relationships and sexuality. Why is that important? Because the sad reality is too many adults today learn what they know from the wrong sources. They may have learned it from uh, friends that they shouldn't have learned it from. They may have learned it from movies and television. They may have learned it from videos they watched and learned from all sorts of sources that were wrong sources that gave a perverted perspective. It's important that we take the Word of God and its perspective to help us learn how we honor God in this area of life. Uh, Reading now from Mark chapter 10, verses 6 to 12. But from the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Again, from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. And then keep in mind reading also, though, from 1 Corinthians, chapter 7. It says, Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. And of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the the whole chapter has important insight for men and women to understand counsel and insight about the topic of relationships, sexuality, and marriage. Again, God's Word has much to teach us, much to tell us. Earlier I read Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4, which tells us, Marriage is honorable amongst all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Again, a critically important truth for us as believers to understand, for us to understand and live by, and a truth for us as parents to teach and train our children in as well, is that the sexual union, the sexual relationship is to be found only between a husband and wife in a married relationship, in committed a married relationship. It's not to be between boyfriend and girlfriend, not to be between casual friends, not to be between two men or two women. Again, all of those Go against the word and the will of God. Sexual immorality dishonors God, and our goal is to always please him. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, it says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. How important it is that we really look to the word of God for guidance and wisdom. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 to 20 tell us this. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 12. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. 
I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You save food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All of the sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. And you know, it's important, as we mentioned, to understand that, again, of course, one of the Ten Commandments is, you shall not commit adultery. And of course, sex outside of marriage is a sin, yet the sexual union within marriage is a blessed union. God's blessing is on it. And a couple honors God as they have that sexual union. It's important to understand, too, that the sexual relationship nourishes a marriage and blesses a marriage. So when you have a marriage where the husband or wife or both of them are not connected sexually, well, again, that leads to problems because God designed it to be between a husband and wife. So husbands and wives within the, a committed uh, within a marriage then this to be an important part of their relationship. And so it's important that believers not make the big mistake, which again, pastoral, I don't know how many times I've seen this, where one or the other decides that they're so spiritual, they don't need that. That's not biblical. Again, the husband and wife, they are to honor God in their sexual relationship within the marriage, and they are to come together regularly as they agree on between them and the Lord. But it is an important part of every marriage. It is to be an important part of a marriage. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 5, it tells us these words, beginning at verse 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Therefore hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. Lest aliens be filled with your wealth, and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed and say, How I have hated instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, Streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, 
Let her breasts satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Verses, verses 1 through 23 of Proverbs chapter 5. Now keep in mind here in this chapter, uh, the first portion of the proverb verses, basically verses 1 through 14, deals with the perils and the, the problems and the, uh, the tragedies of an adulterous life, a sinful lifestyle in the area of relationships and sexuality. But then picking up at verse 15, it talks about the blessings of honoring God in your marriage and in your sexual relationship with your spouse. How important it is for, again, we as believers to grasp again very clearly. And I want to continue to emphasize this. The sexual relationship is to be found only between a husband and wife in, in marriage, nowhere else. And it's critical that we understand that though our society seems to be violating this left and right in so many ways, again, clearly according to the Word of God, homosexuality is a sin. It's against the Word and the will of God. Lesbianism, that too, is a sin against the word of the will of God. Again, the sexual union only to be found between husband and wife within the context of Christian marriage. Then in Proverbs chapter 7, it too has some powerful insight for us as believers and truths and insights for us as parents to help our children to understand as well. Proverbs 7, beginning at verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest of kin, that you may, excuse me, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice. I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding. Passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open squares, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face. And I have found you. I've spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him, and he will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. Now therefore listen to me, my children, Pay attention to the words of my mouth. 
Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Verses 1 through 27, all of Proverbs chapter 7. Father, thank you again for the fact that your word has counsel and wisdom for us as Christian men and women. It has counsel and wisdom for us as Christian fathers and mothers as we guide and direct and mold and shape our children. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that as we read your word and as we follow your word, we walk in wisdom, we walk in blessing, we walk in grace. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that when we as parents are wise enough to teach and train our children your truth, your wisdom in this era of relationships and sexuality. Our children, can, our children can avoid so many of the pitfalls, the problems, the traps out there in the world that's full of traps, especially in this era of life. Help us, Lord, to know that your word is an accurate guide. It's a reliable guide. It's an, an accurate source of wisdom, insight, and understanding for all relationships in all circumstances, in all cultures, and in all times. Help us, Lord, to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds with the wisdom of your word. And help us, Lord, as parents and and when we have the opportunity, those that may be guardians of children and youth in other capacities, ministry or otherwise, help us to be wise enough to teach our children your word and your way and your wisdom in the way we honor you in every relationship in our life. Thank you for the opportunity to do that today and every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as today we're looking at the topic, Relationships and Sexuality, a Biblical Perspective. We'll be right back. Elevation Worship with O Sing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Relationships and Sexuality, a Biblical Perspective. And remember, the Word of God has a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom and counsel and guidance. And again, as we look at the lives of uh, different individuals in the Word of God, again, important life lessons can be drawn from their lives. And so uh, I want to take time now specifically to share an article that has to do with insight about insight that we as parents need to be wise enough to pass on to our children. The name, the name of this article is A Portrait of Real Manhood. The headlines of our day are screaming at us, letting us know where 
Some of the real problems are with so many of our men. Lots of men look the part. Many men are outstanding athletes, highly gifted young men with lots of potential, much physical prowess, and with many characteristics that our society admires. Yet tragically, so many of our young men don't know and have not been mentored, taught, trained, and schooled in in what real manhood is and what it's really all about. One's prowess on the basketball court or the football field or the soccer field or the baseball diamond, his ability to make money, his ability to think, maybe to rap. All these might be admirable, admirable in their place, but it may tell society and those who admire that person basically nothing about how much of a real man an individual quote-unquote male really is. Today, there's a tremendous need for men in particular and society as a whole to get a clear picture, an accurate portrait of what a real man looks like. This picture, though, gives us a great view, though not of his outward appearance. It mostly depicts his heart, his mind, and his perspective and approach to life. It's the Word of God, it's, in, it's from the Word of God that we can find the characteristics of what a real man is. No one knows better than God what the most important characteristics of a man truly are. Now let's look at the Word of God and paint a correct portrait. Some characteristics of a real man include, number one, he has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of his life, as drawn out by John 3.16 and Romans 10.9. And he seeks to be a man like David after God's own heart, Psalm 23. Number two, a real man, he seeks to read the Word of God daily for himself, Psalm 1 and Psalm 119, verse 105. Number three, he spends time in prayer daily, Mark 135 and Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Number four, he seeks to have a time daily to bring the family together to read the Word of God teach from the Word, and pray together. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, and Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Number five, he takes and or makes time to train and instruct his children, teaching them about God, the Word of God, and teaching them wisdom for all the heirs of life. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, Proverbs 2, 1 through 9, Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, and Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Number six, a real man seeks to lead and take his family to church regularly, such as worship service on Sundays and Bible studies on Wednesdays, Joshua 24, 15, and Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Number seven, he has a sense of mission in his life. He seeks with passion to fulfill the specific call of God on his life, whatever that calling may be. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Colossians 3, entire chapter. Number eight, he works hard to provide for his family. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. Remember, God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. Genesis chapter two. Number nine, a real man is a protector for his family. See Matthew chapters one and two, the example of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And number 10, he lives the life of a good role model for his family and others. Joshua 24, verse 15. And then 11, he has the wisdom and courage to take responsibility to deal with problems head on. He takes responsibility and doesn't run from it. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Being a man, a real man is much more than just being able to father a baby. A man, a godly man, has a love for God and a maturity 
an authority about him that sets him apart from the rest of the males in the world. A real man is seeking God and seeking to fulfill God's purposes for his life. A real man has perspectives that are biblical and honorable. A real man is someone who understands that women and girls are special and precious, and they are to be honored and protected by men. Real men understand that women are not objects to conquer or persons to be disrespected and used. A real man respects and honors women and girls. A real man will not take advantage of women. He respects women and will decide not to be involved with a woman sexually unless he has won her heart and has put a ring on her finger and married her first. He understands that sex is for a man and a woman who are married to each other. He knows that he's never to have a sexual relationship with any woman other than the woman that is his wife, period. A real man, a godly man is a man who has clearly decided to leave the actions and attitude of boyhood behind. His mind, his thinking, his heart, his actions, and his attitude now seek to reflect that of a real man. See 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. Boys ask questions while men give answers. Boys play house while men build homes. Boys shack up while real men get married. Boys too often abuse and misuse girls and women. Real men protect, appreciate, honor, and look out for girls and girls and women. Real men don't hit women. They protect them. Boys too often consider a woman an object to be used and conquered. Men see a woman as a gift and a prize to be honorably pursued and won. Boys make babies while men, real men, have and raise children. A boy won't raise his own children. A man will guide, teach, discipline, and train his own children and someone else's when the need arises. Boys make excuses for failure while men produce ways and strategies to succeed in life. Boys look for someone to take care of them. Men look for someone to take care of. Boys drop out of school saying that school is too hard and a waste of their time. Men recognize the importance of and the value of education and training and equipping himself. They desire to be educated and or to gain a skill in order to reach their full potential in life. The world in which we live is in tremendous need of faithful, godly men. Pray that God will raise up many of them who understand the importance of and call of God upon them to be men after God's own heart in their home and in society and culture as well. Again, the title of that article is A Portrait of Real Manhood. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Again, we hope that you can get it and use it for you and your own discipleship in your home and share it with others too. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you give us as believers, as men to be men of God, men who know and love you, men who are always striving to be the best that we can be. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that we as godly men make mistakes and we fall down sometimes, but by your grace you've let us know if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to recognize, Lord, that as we're wise enough to walk in the counsel of that scripture, as we take the time to confess sin and repent of it and ask you to forgive us, you do forgive us and you help us to pick back up and keep right on going. Help us to be about your Help us to be about your business more and more faithfully with every passing day and help us to discern your will. Help us to live it. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. 
Amen. Well, I want to remind again all of our parents listening, the passages we've shared, these are great passages for you to take time to read with your children. We're just going to read a portion of Proverbs chapter 7, but I want you to be mindful of the fact that it is an important Uh, Again, these are passages that are great passages to read with your children and take time to talk about their messages. Proverbs 7, starting at verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live in my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, and in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open squares, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I peace offerings with me. Today I've paid my vows, so I came to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. Verses 1 through 15 of Proverbs chapter 7. Now keep in mind a very important truth. Again, these are truths and insights that we're wise to teach our children. We need to teach our sons that they are Girls out there that they just need to avoid altogether. Sexually immoral girls that want to lead them off into sin. We need to teach our daughters that there are boys out there that want to lead them into sexual immorality as well. And so they're to avoid those kind of individuals altogether. In this day and time, that's one more reason why as parents we need to be very prayerful for each of our children, be very wise to instruct and guide each of our children, be very careful to help them to understand clearly that Uh, Again, the sexual relationship is only for marriage. You know, we live in a society where we're at epidemic levels of sexually transmitted diseases. And the reality is there are many sexual transmitted diseases, dozens and dozens of them. Yet all of them can be avoided by teaching our children to stay away from risky behavior, wrong behavior, sinful behavior that so many people in our culture are indulging in. How important it is that we understand that, again, all of this is spiritual warfare. And the greatest weapon in the midst of spiritual warfare is God's word and his truth. Truth is what sets us free. Truth is what helps us to know God's counsel. And remember, God's way is the best way to do any and everything. Parents, how important it is that we are on the job teaching our children from the word of God. And as I said, too, like we touch on several, quite a few passages today that give instruction and insight about relationships and sexuality. Again, I can't overemphasize how important it is for us as parents to help our children learn to read them and us take time to teach them the truths behind them. Father, thank you again for your word and the fact that your word is an accurate textbook for us to use to teach and train our children how to honor you, how to come to know you as Lord and Savior, and then to grow and walk with you. Help us to be wise enough to be guided by your word daily as individuals and help us to be wise enough to teach and train our children daily from your word as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made that huge and very important step of inviting Jesus Christ to come to your heart as Lord and Savior, we'd like to invite you to make that step, make that decision. 
Ask him to come into your heart today and save you and make you brand new. If you'd like to make that step, would you pray this prayer with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long, long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. You told us in your word, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at AFR.net. We'd like to share with you some resources and some literature that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So please email us again. My email, joseph at AFR.net. The title of the article that we shared earlier was simply entitled, A Portrait of Real Manhood. If you'd like to get a copy of that article, again, simply email us, joseph at AFR.net. We'd be glad to share it with you. Again, joseph at AFR.net been looking today at the topic, Relationships and Sexuality, a Biblical Perspective. Hope that you will take time to go back and read over and meditate on the passages of Scripture that we shared, some powerful insights for all of us as believers and as parents as well. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.